Welcome to Learning Through Technology, a K-12 EdTech podcast brought to you by STS Education. We strive to be the bridge that connects communities of educators so that they can fulfill the promise of learning through technology. Join us every other week as we connect with education leaders who share their deep experience with the education and technology topics you are grappling with in your own schools and districts. Each interview is designed to bring you tangible ideas you can start using tomorrow. I'm Alex Inman, the founder of Educational Collaborators. And I'm Bob Sabruti, founder of the Edutech Group. Welcome to the show. All right, Bob, another exciting episode. This time we've got Chris Kalinske of Oklahoma City Public Schools is going to be talking about artificial intelligence. I'm curious to see how it's different than our interview with Mary Beth. So I have a different curiosity, as you might guess, because you do the homework and I show up. So (laughs) I want to find out, like we had a conversation and in a previous episode, we talked about favorite teachers. And that's what I want to know. Who's your favorite teacher and why? So I'd like to propose a wager. Okay. We'll ask who their favorite teacher is. Do you think they're going to know who their favorite teacher is? Are they not going to know? Because I knew right away. Okay. So if we ask them, who's your favorite teacher? The bet is you bet that they will have an answer immediately. Yeah. Who doesn't have a favorite teacher? I think they're going to have to think about this. I think this is going to take a minute. So we're officially breaking the rules of the producer. Our producer has our questions for us. So officially, we are asking a different question at the end without our producer's permission, which will be more fun. And then if they hesitate, I win. And if they got an answer right away, you win. Yes, and I'm going to win. But for the record, (laughs) you've been asking the questions that the producers give us while I ask whatever the heck I want to ask. Fair. Okay, so we'll do that at the end. Let's see what happens. Welcome, everybody. Today, we are joined by a luminary in the education technology space, Chris Kalinske. With over 20 years dedicated to fusing education, entertainment, and tech, his mission has consistently been to kindle inspiration and motivation in students, colleagues, and clients. He's an advocate who's not only passionate about revolutionizing how we learn, but he's also at the forefront of integrating technology into the classroom. Having worked at major institutions like Apple and University of Oklahoma, He's made his mark as an innovative learning coach, professional learning specialist, and even as the head of a robust video production team, producing literally thousands of educational content pieces. And now spearheading the efforts as the executive director of education technology at Oklahoma City Public Schools, he's shaping the future for around 34,000 students in the heart of Oklahoma. Chris Kalinske, welcome to the show. Well, hey, I'm honored to be your guys' guest today. So I love to talk technology and, and AI. I love it. Thank you all. Great to have you. So let's kind of start with your journey, which is pretty interesting. Like you've kind of oscillated between broadcasting and ed tech your entire career, which is pretty interesting. So tell us a little bit about how does that happen? And and then how does that ultimately lead to AI in education and on your leadership there? You know, what's interesting is I set out my goal in life at the time as I wanted to be Regis Philman. You know, that's who I wanted to be was Regis Philman. You know, so that guy, I wanted to be that guy. This is where Bob is supposed to inject his joke about how short I am. You know. (laughs) All right. So that one's an interesting. Well, you know, I just I like making people laugh and I like telling stories. And I think that was part of me just wanting to do that. And uh, I feel like bringing as much happiness and joy to people and making them laugh is, is great. Right. And I think What I found was I was fortunate enough to be in a video production program uh, in high school, and we had a cable access studio. 
And so I, it's kind of where I cut my teeth there. And my dad, his hobby was filming the football team and the band and the whole thing. So he was kind of filming. This was back when, you know, you were carrying around the big VHS decks on your, on your, on your side uh, when you're doing that. So, yeah, I had the, the passion of sort of bloomed from that point in high school and then carried over to the University of Oklahoma where I got the undergrad degree. And I, again, I never set out to be a teacher. As I worked in the industry for a while, I got a call from Gary Kramer, my teacher. Shout out to Gary there. And he said, hey, I'm retiring. Would you be interested in teaching? And I was like, teaching? Like, ah, eh, I was working 85 hours a week. But I'll go back to that. I don't know. that. You said you have summers off? Okay, yeah. That sounds like an interesting idea. That's right. <laughs> no, but... I'm like, yeah, you, you traded 85 to 79 hours a week. Yeah, exactly. You bet. That was the best part, right? Like you walk in on day one. I had walked into a class at the time. They'd hired a teacher and it didn't work out. And I go into the classroom and they hadn't had students in eight weeks. And it was like, so I made the very first mistake as a teacher, right? It's like, oh, so, hey, what do we call you? Oh, just call me Chris. Oh, and it was downhill from there. <laughs> That's when I wish I'd have had the AI tool and went, okay, hey, how do I teach a class again? Like, let me help me out with that, you know? And and so anyway, but loving technology and just everywhere I went and started. And so every opportunity I had to infuse it, I would. And I think, you know, when I think back to creating videos or Google sites and those kinds of things for the students, so they can like jump in and like relearn what we just learned in class that day. I loved doing that kind of stuff. And I loved having fun with it, you know, too. So that was the other thing. I figure if you can have a little bit of fun in education, the students might actually learn something, too. But uh, that's how that connected there was just kind of growing that and then just growing from there to everywhere I've gone. Any position that I've been in is just how can technology better or create a better learning experience for students? But also, how can that be utilized as a tool for teachers to help them? grow and achieve success in the classroom too. So yeah, I guess maybe that's a, a long-winded answer, but for that, I really, I enjoy all of it, but I think it's really down to creating the best learning environments that you can for the students. And then also really making it a simplistic approach for the teacher so they can really connect with the student. Well, it turns out Alex and I, if you've paid attention to the podcast and we know somebody is listening, but hi, mom and dad. If you've paid attention to our podcast, Alex and I are on this. I can't get my children to listen to it, by the way. I tried. Well, they're children. They're not supposed to listen to you. Valid point, Bob. Valid point. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it's kind of par for the course. At least that's what my kid tells me. Anyway, we're on this quest. We lack our own organic intelligence. So we're looking for something about artificial intelligence to see if we can work it on out here. But so something you said that was very interesting in there. We've talked to people both on our podcast and in conferences about AI in the classroom. And they always talk about the students, but they don't talk about the staff and the administrators. So you've had a wealth of knowledge or experiences. What do you see for teachers, administrators, and what do you see for students that makes it so important that we figure out AI now in the classroom? Oh, man, absolutely. That's a great question. I think it's funny because I really feel it's important to understand how to utilize a tool. So let me take a quick step back. A lot of teachers will say, or a lot of administrators even as well, like, oh my gosh, we're, we have one more law to follow. We have one more uh, thing that's put on our plate and it just continues to grow. 
in your plate as you look at it just begin it looks like you just went to the digital buffet right you just <laughs> you had all this stuff on the plate and you can't get it off so how do we fix that problem what does that look like and so with artificial intelligence and ai i think there's a really great opportunity here in understanding how to use the tool i think you hit it bob because if you don't understand how to use that tool there's no way that you're going to be able to utilize it effectively, obviously, first and foremost. But then how do you get that communicated to your students as well to understand how to use that tool and how they're going to grow with it? I think when you when I think about pre-service teachers and teachers who are about to enter the teaching field and also emergency certified teachers, they literally like me as an alternatively certified teacher when I walked in. I didn't know the first thing about classroom management. I didn't know the first thing about creating a lesson plan. But what you do now, all of a sudden, you have a tool that you could say, okay, I need to teach this and I need a lesson plan for X, Y, Z. So understanding how to utilize that tool can really help them save time and actually, you know, make them not sweat so much. And I'll tell you this, I went and I did a lesson just this last week for a professional learning session in one of the middle schools. And there was a teacher sitting in the room and I'm not kidding when I say this. You know, she was in the back and I was talking about Magic School AI, one of the different tools that you could use. And we were going over lesson plans, how to create them, the right prompt to ask. And tears just started coming up in her eyes. And I was like, are you OK? Did I say something wrong? I just want to make sure that I didn't say. She goes, no, this is like the best thing I've ever seen. I needed this. I truly needed this. And so at that point, you're like, OK, we're doing something right here by just understanding how to use that technology. But I think also, too, you get the like, oh, gosh, is this the Terminator? You know what I mean? Like everybody, everyone wants to know if Skynet is here and you say, no, like, let's time out for just a minute. Like, how did you guys get here? Did you guys use a map? Because guess what? That's artificial intelligence. If you talk, told your phone to tell you how to get to where you're going. But I always ask people if they've asked Siri or their Google assistant today a question and they're like, most people will raise their hand. And I'll say, well, you just ask artificial intelligence to do something for you just kind of as a sample. But yeah, I think understanding how to utilize that, utilize it as a tool and then understand where they're going to be able to cut their time. I think that's the other important thing. Time. Time is so critical, as we know. It's the most precious commodity in education, right? 100%. Yeah, absolutely. If we don't figure out how to way to carve that up a little bit, you know, the biggest thing, you guys know this as educators, it's like the social emotional learning connection between the teacher and the student is so important that you can create more time for that connection in the classroom to happen just by utilizing a tool. Wait, before you go on, Alex, are we just going to let the Skynet reference pass? Who told Chris that we make arcane pop references to 80s, 70s and 90s movies? This is what we do, right? Wait a girl, Chris, you're coming back. All right, Alex, you can ask your question now, but come on, Skynet, we had to get that. Well, that and I'm pretty sure Skynet actually already existed before this AI stuff. So you can say, no, this isn't Skynet. It already exists. And then move on. Are you going to take us through a loop where from the 1980s, when the first movie was filmed to now? So it already exists. Now this is the beginning. And Alex is going to have to go back in time and save. Something's going to have to happen. I'll tell you what. And I've come into like one of your training sessions with them. Remember when I said on that podcast that it wasn't Skynet? It is. <laughs> All right. Time for a serious question, Alex. You just shared with us kind of some of the things that teachers can grow from and have success with and even cry over in terms of beauty and opportunity. I think I want to dive into some of the sort of emotionally overwhelming 
parts of AI, right? Like, so are your teachers asking for AI? Are you showing them AI? Are they feeling overwhelmed, you know, without, do they know enough about it to feel overwhelmed? Or how does that sort of, where are teachers with regards to AI? And where do you sort of feel like you need to inject yourself as an, you know, executive director of technology and shape that path? Uh, that's a great question. I feel like we're just at the dawn of it, right? Within the school district. As a district, we've taken the stance of, you know, we've opened up ChatGBT, we've opened up Google Bard, we've opened up Magic School AI as part of our, for staff, not for staff, not for students. We should be clear about that, but for staff to explore. Well, what's interesting is that some of the meetings that you sit in, like with some of the emergency certified and new teachers, and you show them, okay, here's a tool that you guys might be interested in. I will tell you, probably about 80% of that room didn't know ChatGPT existed, okay? They didn't even know it existed. They no, they didn't know. Maybe the 20% maybe had heard of it, and maybe one or two had played around with it, and were like kind of in it. So I sort of attribute this to like when you go outside and you know, you're like, okay, I've got this new cool toy I want to play with. And how do I use it or how do I explore and utilize it? And I feel like that's kind of where we're at right now. It's like, okay, we're just starting this. Explore this and see how can you put this in your workflow? But then where we sort of interject that is we dive a little bit deeper into, okay, so now we know that we can create a lesson plan. Is that aligning to the state standard? Is that aligning to ISTE standards? Is that aligning to the standard that we need to go with? So that's where we start to interject a little bit. It's like, okay, now let's really tailor this a little bit. So, and I also like to say that it's not an end-all be-all. Like, I really like AI as a thought partner or a creative study buddy, <laughs> you know? So like, that's what I like to really express to them when I first introduce it is, it's really just a tool to get you started. And that's kind of where the interject, that's kind of where I feel like, we then we take it a step further to start narrow focusing you know what that looks like when they're talking about their content. Smart Technologies is not just a leading tech company. They're a connections company. Their industry-leading hardware and software solutions help teachers and students connect, engage, and improve outcomes with game-based activities and ready-made resources that save teachers time. Whether it's the latest generation of smart board interactive displays or the all-in-one software Lumio, Get your students excited in collaborating with Smart's dynamic tools built for every teacher, student, and learning environment. Find out more at smarttech.com. So, Chris, when Alex and I, both in our non-podcast lifestyle or our life, we still work in schools all day and every day, and we talk to administrators, and one of the things that is just mind-blowing to me five years or, you know, a few years after COVID, if you'd asked me five years ago, is the burnout of teachers and how we can't get teachers in. And I think, you know, you're, part of that is right in that you part of what you said earlier is a big part of it, the all the loading that is going on to teachers that they have to do it. And I know here in Ohio now it's legislative mandate after legislative mandate. You're responsible for this health and well-being and this person. So it seems to me that like AI, you know, is that part of the answer for I don't know, bringing back the joy of educating to teachers. Bob, I think that's a great question, because when you think about that, the joy of teaching, how is that defined when you first started? What does that look like? And I feel like AI, when you think about these different tools that are possible, 
all of a sudden the aha moment or the light becomes on again as a teacher. That's part of what I've seen. When you are worried about a kid who may not have had breakfast that morning, may not have lunch or dinner, or will have lunch, but you know, or breakfast, those things, you're worried about just the life needs of people. And then so you're kind of connected in that way with the student sometimes. But then you're also thinking, okay, I've got to be able to teach this. How can I do this? But you know what? I can come up with a plan really quickly and have an idea just by typing in a couple of quick prompts. And then I can go right into a lesson or maybe I can build upon something I have. So I think that's right. Like it really sparks more, in my opinion, creativity. There's other opportunities of creativity with that. Having AI as your creativity tool. All right. So you just shared that a good number of your teachers hadn't even heard of this stuff. My experience in talking with people who are pretty new to or haven't had a chance to actually type prompts is that they consider it the greatest opportunity to cheat in the history of education. And so how have you cracked that code to move teachers from fear and animosity and anger towards AI to embracing it as a creative tool that sparks, re-sparks the joy of teaching? You know, what's interesting about that is that creativity and critical thinking skills all of a sudden kind of combine there. Because at that point, you know, how do you if Chris is going to go and cheat on a test, then Chris is going to find a way to cheat on a test, <laughs> whatever it may be. But at the same time, when you think about how do we get students to look at that tool as more of, OK, here's a paragraph that was created, like come up with a way to create a story about, you know, maybe what you did on a weekend, be it sort of personal, make it a little bit more personal as they, you know, personalized learning. That's what I was trying to say. But I think to really utilize that tool, they can then take the tool and go, okay, let's edit this a little bit. How's the grammar look in this when you create this? And they actually, if the story, the students pull that story and they have to analyze it. So you could sort of flip it as far as an English class goes or some of those things go, or, or is this a real science experiment? If you actually ask it to create a science experiment, is this real? Can you do this? Some of those kinds of things. I think so looking at is it more of how can they utilize it as a critical thinking piece and integrate it that way and use it that way. So I think having that sort of connection is important. Chris, you know, we talked a little bit before we started recording here and, and you had said, and it was something I'd never heard before. You said that you thought introduction to AI should be part of onboarding of new teachers. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Now, as I hear you talk, not only do I think that should be part of the onboarding, it should be part of the professional development, not what your kids can do with AI in classrooms, but now what you can do with AI so that you can spend more time with your kids in classrooms. So, and I don't expect you to have all the answers, but it's people like you who are putting thought in this. Somebody has to think of this needs to be PD for the teachers, for them to use. So what do you suggest that we start if I'm an administrator and I'm like, okay, I heard Chris and man, that guy's got it right. He even predicted Skynet. So we're going to have to listen to him. Where should they start? Because I've not ever heard of anybody onboarding with AI or doing PD on it. So where should they start? I think one of the things that when you think about where should we start in onboarding and when we were talking earlier, you know, I love how you said, OK, so you're going to get your email address. You're going to get your login for your computer and your device. You either have an iPad, a Mac or a PC, right? Or Dell or HP, whatever you have. And then all of a sudden, here are the list of tools that we utilize in this district to be a successful teacher. So the district, I feel like, needs to define here are the tools. So you have your hardware and what software does that look like? 
But I think one of the different pieces of software has to be an AI tool. And when you think about that, I think it talks about all the emergency certified teachers that we've hired in the district this year. As a ballpark, do you have a sense of what percentage of emergency certifications you have? Man, see, don't quote me on that. Let's see. I would say, as I'm doing a Jeopardy theme song in my brain here for just a minute, I'll take random facts for 200. All right, here we go, Bob. So yeah, I would say we probably hired around 400 this year out of our about 3,500 3, staff members. Is that about right? Not an insignificant amount, regardless of the exact percentage. That's a significant so there's a pretty significant piece there, but I feel like that's where we have to get them right up front. So when you're a new teacher and an emergency certified teacher, you're going to have continuing professional learning throughout the year. And I think not only do you start with it, but you continue to build with it throughout the year in that process. So if you can set them up with, okay, here's some lessons. We already have curriculum in place in Oklahoma City, right? Or any district, most likely they do. And so what they'll do is you could actually pull the curriculum and you can even have different ideas created by AI, by the curriculum that's already created in your district. So you could create some other things and build some scaffold from that. The other thing that I think is really important is that you could actually just take the state standard off the website, put it in the AI tool and say, I need a lesson with video production showing camera placement and I need it to be themed with Superman. And the next thing you know, you're going to get, you know, you're going to get the... That a lesson and you could have pictures and everything. So you said as part of that onboarding, they should learn like an AI tool. Now, I understand that your answer to this question will be obsolete in probably about four weeks. But what AI tool would you think would be sort of core to a new teacher sort of learning AI for their job? Well, I think there's two tools right now that I feel maybe three. I'm going to say there are three tools. Um, that they should utilize. But I think for sure the foundation should be ChatGPT just because I feel like you can learn how to prompt it in the right way. And I think understanding how to create the right stem, the right prompt stem is important. So I think that allows that to happen. I think Magic School AI is another one that I've really been a part of and had a lot of opportunity to experience and showcase and play and work with our teachers with. And it's been great. It's really designed for that school environment. So it's really catered to that. I think you're going to get a lot from those two tools right away. I think Claude is another great tool as well that I know a lot of people utilize too. And I will say from a creative aspect, let's go completely creative here for just a minute. If you haven't really checked out Adobe Express right now and what Adobe is doing, it is incredible. Firefly, incredible. Photoshop, the whole, I mean... If you can sit there and type in anything you want to dream and all of a sudden it becomes alive, you're like, what is this happening? So kudos to Adobe right now, because they, I really feel like from the creative standpoint, they are locking and going and it's looking great, you know, from what they're doing. Educational Collaborators is one of the Adobe PD partners, national Adobe PD partners. So our team was just down at Adobe Max and came back and shared some of the amazing things that they're doing, like. We were just talking about this this morning, actually, where you can take your video. This is in Premiere, not in uh, Express, but you can take a video clip like this, put it in there and rewrite the words and it will modify the video to say what you told it to say. Is a spectacular notion in terms of deep fakes, but we don't need to go in that direction right now. We 
we actually need to move on in our interview. But yeah, I think you're right. What Adobe is doing with AI is unfreaking believable. We actually had uh, Mary Beth Hertz on the show earlier, and we talked to her about more of the ethics and sort of regulatory aspect of, of AI. And when you see tools like some of the Adobe tools and you see what they could do, it's like, holy moly, we need to really think about it's amazing what you can do, but you also need to think very carefully about what you can do. And um, I like that. And I like Mary Beth is good. I like her stuff. She's really good. It's always good when our guests know one another. So that's great. No, Alex, speaking of our other guests, you know, we're kind of known for knowing famous people, right? We had a professional viola player, former esports professional, and now we have the voice of the pride of Oklahoma. Chris is the voice. He's the guy. That is right. <laughs> yes. He's the guy. Okay. So to our listeners who don't know what the voice of the pride of Oklahoma is, tell folks what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So I get the pleasure of serving the University of Oklahoma marching band. So I get to announce them on the field as they come out and, and of course, be their voice of the show. So if there's uh, introduce and talk about all the different things that are going to go on during the show, during the halftime performance. It's great because it's a fun opportunity because I get to travel with the big band. So wherever the big band, the entire band goes, yeah, they'll take me and we do different shows on location or whatever. So usually like to other games or to just other like to other games. Yeah. OK, so I guess I didn't really realize that. So when you're the visiting team, you still get to announce the the team. Sometimes you do. Depends on the location like Oklahoma State. We were talking about that earlier. Yes, that's also a. Wonderful uh, experience to go and do that. Now, this was a lot of fun in Miami Beach, Florida, when we went to the Orange Bowl. We did the Beach Bash, the Capital One Beach Bash. And I'll never forget this moment because I thought, okay, well, I'm just going to go up and introduce the band, what we're going to play. And that's what we're supposed to do. And there's like thousands of people out here on the beach. Uh, it's at night. Lights are everywhere. And so the producer comes to me and he says, hey, good luck. You're emceeing the next 45. Goodbye. And like hands me the mic. And just go. And I was like, I'm sorry, did you say MC? Because I'm not, what? And he's like, yep, see ya. And he like pushes me out. It was kind of like one of those moments when you're like, am I really going out there? I guess I am. And so, yeah, if you ever get caught in that situation, here's what you do. Here's the clue. Know where you're at and say, what's up, Miami? And then the whole crowd just goes crazy. And then you can go from there. And it's all good. <laughs> we love you. Springfield. <laughs> That's right. So many valuable things. I got like, you've just described my podcasting career here. How did I get here? So I'll keep that in mind. So Alex, when we start the next one and I'm like, how's it going? Podcast audience? Well, you're, I won't pull it off. And the other thing is, as you might guess, I am in YouTube right now typing in Capital One Beach Bash so that I oh, seeing if it's there. Yes. Chris doing a thing, which I'm sure is phenomenal. Oh, man, it was fun. So I, I, we had to get that. You probably have had the largest audience of any of our guests then, because I can't I can only imagine how many seats there are to fill at the stadium in Oklahoma. So, yeah, there are eighty six thousand. Yeah, it's a pretty big audience. <laughs> I will add this. I became an Oklahoma fan when Lincoln Riley left. Yes. Yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. yes. So I'm going to call an audible here. Audible here. So. I would have been worried if, well, we're going to punt, Chris. This is uh... <laughs> So for our audience, Alex and I have a little wager here. 
on your next answer. And for the record, wagering is legal in Ohio, where I'm at. So if you're following along at home and you're placing your own bets, please follow local and state laws and bet responsibly. So, Chris, who is your favorite teacher or had a big impact on you as a student and why? Oh, man. Oh, no. No. I said, everybody knows. And Alex said, not everybody knows, Bob. Well, I can rattle off three right off the top of my head. Okay, maybe in uh, Gary Kramer, who I mentioned earlier about the cable access studio. One of my history teachers, Mr. Hecox, was great. And then uh, Dan O'Halloran, one of my science teachers. And then as I go forward and I think about those years of education, it was more about them lifting you up and motivating you to kind of just keep continuing on and following your passion, so encouraging you. So I may not have cared too much about history, but I did learn how much it cost to make a hamburger at the time at McDonald's. That was pretty funny. We talked about that in class. And then and then the experiment that we did in uh, science, you know, about dropping things off a building with eggs and those kinds of things and launching rockets. I think similar to those kind of experiences, I think those are the kind of things that we should be creating for students right now, right? With those engaging experiences and those classroom experiences. That's awesome. So we've talked about a few different tools. We've talked about some processes. One of the things we like to give our audience is asking you about your expertise, about what are some resources that maybe our audience can go and look at to really help understand how to leverage AI well in the classroom. I think there are a lot of authors that you could really search Google and sort of follow. I think Mary Beth is one for sure you know, that you can follow. I think understanding, like, I really think people should take it a step further. So when you start thinking about the classroom, I think that's great. But it's very interesting if you want to take a deeper dive. If you've heard about the book with The Wave, The Coming Wave, right? Have you heard about that? I haven't yet. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, The Coming Wave is a great book, and it's by Mustafa Suleiman. I probably mispronounced that with my Southern accent there, so I apologize, Mustafa. But he's the co-founder of DeepMind and Inflection AI. And so he was part of that group that was bought by uh, Google with DeepMind. And so it's very interesting to kind of hear his perspective on artificial intelligence and kind of lit and I'm listening to the audiobook right now or half of it. I read one part of it and I'm listening. I just I'm so fascinated by it. But it's really interesting. He's got some very valid points about how technology has grown and how we've been able to utilize it as a tool. But then also, can we contain it? And he's talking about how artificial intelligence right now, you look at, is it really possible to contain? Well, I don't know. Well, right now it's in everything we do. So it's part of our daily life. So anyway, but it's a really interesting read and listen if you like audiobooks as well. So, but I would definitely say explore those, like get on OpenAI's website and explore what they offer and what they're actually doing and sort of the different things and Google as well. I think Google is another place, the Google Bard. So if you go to, you know, the bard.google.com and you can kind of dive into that and, and learn a little bit more about that. I would never hesitate to look up like edX or Coursera or some of those and take some courses in those and just learn a little bit more about how AI is and what it looks like. Excellent. Well, Chris, thanks so much for joining the show. I, Bob and I had a lot of fun. This has been awesome. Yeah, me too, guys. I'm honored. I'm so honored to be here and I love talking to you guys. This has been great. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Holy cow, Bob. That was a ton of fun. 
It was, wasn't it? I mean, we could have gone on forever. Not that anybody would want to listen to us to go on forever, but I could have talked to Chris all night. That was awesome. Oh my gosh. So we actually did keep talking to him. So after we stopped recording the show, we must talk for about another half an hour. And Chris even gave us his announcer voice that he gives when the pride of Oklahoma band joins the field. It was, it was so much fun. And we've successfully recruited him to be the voice of learning through technology. So <laughs> right. now we just We're gonna have something for him to do, but not too much because he'll take our jobs because he's really good at it. Oh, he was outstanding at it. So that was just a ton of fun. All right. So what sort of struck you the most in our conversation, aside from the fact that he was the voice of the Pride of Oklahoma marching band? So I love, you know, in our role doing operational IT for schools, we're the people handing out that Google account or that Microsoft account, an Active Directory or Azure account. I love the idea of here's your login for ChatGPT or OpenAI or BARD. Here's your login for that. Here's how you can use it. Especially, you know, when he talked about how 400 teachers with alternate certification means they've not really got a lot of training in what they're doing and where to start. You use that whole thought partnership thing that it's just a great place to get somebody started. Log in, type in a few things, see how this works, and then build out from there and then compare it to curriculum. I don't want to make it sound easy. Hopefully it lightens the load some because we know we could use first lightening the load on our teachers. Absolutely. And that's Bob, I was glad that you brought up the sort of new teachers, right? And how valuable this can be for new teachers. I mean, I'm sad that we don't have waiting lists of teachers to get into schools, that right now there are so few teachers that we need to go to emergency certifications. But the fact that there are people who are willing to take on the role of teacher, I just think is amazing. And anything that we can do to support them is valuable. And I thought, yeah, AI is a wonderful tool to give you some of those example lessons, those you know, you can just run through, give me another example, give me another example. And it just prepares you to give that sort of context to the lesson plan that came in the textbook that normally teachers have to spend years to get. Yeah. You know that there aren't enough administrators and staff to coach those 400 teachers there or in all of our schools. So somebody to something to bounce ideas off of. Yeah. As a thought partner. Well, that was great. Thanks so much, Bob. What a wonderful show. I'm looking forward to the next one. You and I both. Maybe we'll have a new announcer for the next one. <laughs> we better. We better. It'll be the only professional thing we have here. <laughs> we'll take it. Learning Through Technology, a K-12 EdTech podcast is brought to you by STS Education, a Pacific One Source company. To learn more about how educators can leverage technology to drive successful educational outcomes, check us out at www.stsed.com. Connect with us by searching for Learning Through Technology in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or anywhere else podcasts are found. And click subscribe so you don't miss an episode. On behalf of the team at STS Education, thanks for joining us.